Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Wrap, brought to you by Michigan Medicine Headlines. I'm Dan Elman with the Department of Communication. This week, we're going to take great care to teach you about a program that exemplifies the organization's core value of caring. Before we get into that, be sure to go back and get caught up on any episodes of The Wrap you may have missed. You can find them on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast hosting platform. You can also find the most recent episodes on YouTube, as we all play our part to practice social distancing and limit the spread of COVID-19. Of course, the wrap can also be found as part of the headlines we can review every Friday. All right, let's turn our attention to a new blood draw program at CS Mott Children's Hospital. The program is designed to make needle sticks and other pokes a little bit more comfortable for kids. To discuss that program, we're joined by Julie Piazza, a senior project manager in the Office of Patient Experience and a certified child life specialist, along with parent Amy Omer. Thank you both so much for being here. Now, Julie, let's start with you. As previously mentioned, your team designed a program that has made it more comfortable for children who need to get blood drawn or go through other uncomfortable procedures with needles. Why was this considered a problem in the first place? Well, thanks, Dan. Um, this, this program was considered a problem on both sides of the draw. Um, it was re- really a, a problem that was highlighted by staff, hospital staff, and phlebotomists who were on the front line, um, nurses, child life specialists, and the patients and families themselves also highlighted that needle sticks were not one of their favorite things and were challenging. Um, they are also the most talked about pain. Um, on the part of children. Children talk about needle stick pain and um, other you know, blood draws as well as immunizations and IV starts as the most talked about pain over post-op surgical pain. So it was really a problem, not just here at Michigan Medicine, but everywhere. And the evidence really showed that. Yeah, so what kind of changes have been implemented? So we have um, formed an interdisciplinary team came together to really start working on this work, find out what the needs were and assess that, as well as come up with a plan. And it's an individualized care plan called the Pokin Procedure Plan that was started in the pediatric um, hospitals and has also expanded to the adult side. Um, Patients and family advisors were a part of this from from the very beginning because they helped us to identify the need and also where it was best Um, started and articulated. We started it in the inpatient setting and it's moved out to ambulatory and it's available um, on my chart and also in the patient portal, which is great. And the kids actually and the parents um, highlighted that it was needed not just in pediatrics, um, but that as they moved on to the adult setting and actually several adults have needle stick fear and, and pain and we're in the flu shot season. So we know that that's a problem sometimes. So it's really wonderful that it has expanded. Yeah, I can attest to that about the needle stick pain. Um, so, you know, you talked about patient advisors being involved, the Office of Patient Experience. What other staff members, you know, were involved in the planning process? So we worked with um, the phlebotomy team has been hugely a part of this. Um, they're on the front lines and were often um, challenged by blood draws and starts. And they knew that this was a problem. They knew it was hard barriers. I've, we've done some research. So I was primary investigator of a study um, that highlighted looking at frontline phlebotomists and their knowledge and experience and training related to comfort measures for pediatric blood draws, as well as observing them in practice. And I would say that 
that really highlighted and um, accelerated our work um, because we were working with, with the, the people that were actually providing the care and performing the procedures. Nursing was involved, child life specialists were involved, patient experience, of course, is involved with patient and family advisors, pediatric psychologists, um, because often if you have a needle stick um, pain, you also have fear associated with that and high anxiety at times. So um, also because this is not just a pediatric issue as we highlighted before, this is something that happens to a child, if it's not, if that anxiety is not mitigated as a child, it will continue and can have long-term effects into adulthood. So um, all of these disciplines were um, very important and crucial to the finding out the work. I think that was one of the things that we're most proud of is that the team came together and really integrated and, and learned from each other along the way. Yeah, I think that's great. Now, Amy, let's turn to you. First, can you give a little general background on your experiences as a parent at Michigan Medicine? Sure. So I'm a mom to two lovely young ladies now. Um, but 14 years ago, I was a first-time mom at Michigan Medicine with my then three-year-old uh, as she was diagnosed in a very urgent state with type 1 diabetes. Um, type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune con condition, which... Um, the only way to maintain life is through injections. So she started receiving multiple daily injections every single day. Uh, Michigan Medicine was there with us for every step of the way. Three years later, our second daughter was diagnosed in 2009. Uh, she's now a thriving college student, uh, but also lives continually with type one diabetes and injection therapy. Yeah, so I think that sort of answers how you got involved in, in a project like this blood drop project. But more specifically, you know, were you, were you a, pa a parent advisor? How did you sort of get drawn into this project? Well, you know, it's not just the parents that have a voice at Michigan Medicine, which is one thing I really love. It's also the kids. So both of my kids had grown up um, in the Teen Advisory Council, and they're still members of that group. And the Teen Advisory Council would meet once a month on Fridays and they would share their voice to different programs happening within the hospital. And my girls were present at a meeting and Julie came in and said, hey, I have some uh, work I wanna show you uh, about brochure and, and uh, a poster that we're putting into patient rooms. And it's about this new poke program. And my daughters were just so thrilled because finally something good was happening with these injections that they had been receiving since they were very, very young. Um, so they came home and told me all about it. I'm also a mom who's involved in the patient family advisory council. And so Julie made a pit stop over there to talk to us adults and to uh, share some of the work that they have been doing. And I felt that same enthusiasm that my girls had felt about finally, we have some attention to this and how great that we're getting asked what feedback we would like. But not only that, Julie had ideas for lessening some of the pain for the injections as they were happening. Um, and that was wonderful. It recognized that even though kids should be used to getting injections, they're still painful. And there's many ways that we can mitigate that. And, and we could create a plan that was focused on the patient at any age, at any time, any stage in their uh, care seeking. So it was, it was a wonderful opportunity to really make a difference. Yeah. So for your kids, you know, how has the, the POKE, or, you know, POKE program changed how they're receiving injections at Michigan Medicine and what's their reaction been to it? 
Well, we really believe as a family in patient-centered care, which means that the child and, and the patient themselves actually has a care plan that's developed for them, around them, with them being center. And so because of that, they were able to share some of the words and some of the things that they learned through Julie's program to develop that plan and to say, you know, when a butterfly clip is released on a blood draw that snaps, it hurts me. Is there a better way to do this? And so their care team was able to suggest some opportunities and some ideas to mitigate that pain. But then also it allowed uh, my girls to learn new ways to deal with the pain. So one of the simple things that um, we learned through Julie's program was uh, to have a buzzy. A buzzy is a very simple little device that vibrates and you can put it near the injection site and it takes away the pain. There's buzzy right there. It takes <laughs> away the pain and um, it fools the body into thinking that that sensation of a poke isn't really happening, even though it is. And the distraction technique of that really helps to soften the poke, you know, to make it so it's not as painful as it once was. We love that. We actually went out and purchased it. And then as being advocates for care, when we went to other appointments and maybe some of the staff had not known about Buzzy, we were able to explain and share that technique. And it's sort of, it's, it's like this wonderful way of dispersing information because the, the users of the program were able to really make a difference and to advocate not just for themselves, but for other patients. Yeah. And I know this isn't the only program, you know, based on patient and parent feedback as well. Why would you say, Amy, that these types of programs and these type of initiatives are so important? Oh my goodness, they're so important because it really takes an experience that a child might have that's not great. And it gives them an opportunity to um, learn that they can make a difference in the world and that they can make it better for others. A diagnosis by itself is, is not a great thing. It's sort of defeatist in a lot of ways because there's so much you cannot do you have to take your medicine, you have to go to your appointments, you have to be a good patient in a lot of ways. But when you have a program like this in which you can customize something that helps you feel better and then in turn share those ideas and teach others, you're really making a difference not just for yourself but for everybody around you. Whether it's your care team, whether it's your parents. I mean, I felt a ton of stress for my girls. Um, and then also for their friends who also have been diagnosed with type one diabetes later on. I mean, well, we wish nobody had any diagnosis and there was a cure for all until then we're so happy that we can make it better. And this is one way to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's so great. Yeah. Julie, I want, I want to close with this. Are there any other projects in the works designed to make things more comfortable for patients and family members that, that you can share? Yes, actually. Um, it, we are we are working right now on a toolkit to pilot learn learn lessons learned from this work um, to individualize the care that we could share nationally, but also within our own training um, and orientation program for new phlebotomists as well as others. Um, there's also a, a wonderful body of work that's coming too with some non-pharmacological. Um, interventions and applications and offerings that um, really put, as Amy said, we want the voice of the patient there. We want the choice of the patient there. Their preferences and their experience are so important to learn from. And so at every turn, we are um, really in including and embodying their work and embracing that, um, that voice so that we can make it better for others. That's always been the goal of this program. 
And so those are some of the things that we are moving forward with. Um, I think it's also nice and, and has been wonderful to know that now we have um, a dedicated child life specialist in the outpatient blood draw at uh, Children and Women's Hospital. It's been um, a need um, that had been identified by the phlebotomists as well as um, the patients and families, um, as well as the staff, other staff. So I think it's wonderful to have that um, support and resource um, for patients and families as they go forth. And um, I think also lessons learned along the way and going out into the community, what this, is, this program has also done is helped us to realize that um, the hospital goes beyond the doors of the hospital and how can we be out in the community and be proactive and encouraging, whether it's um, now in the vid this virtual world, whether it's a video about what's in your blood anyway and why do we care about it, um, as spoken by a phlebotomist who is performing those procedures, it's really helpful for them to have be involved in the training and education about their role, but also about what they do and why they're doing it. Um, and introduction um, and those interactions are so important to build trust um, amongst um, patients and providers. So. Yeah. so there's a lot of possibilities out there that will improve yeah. lives uh, around the area. Thank you so much, Julie and Amy, for sharing this information. And what you discussed today is actually a sneak preview of a feature story coming in headlines next week. You'll all be able to find that at mmheadlines.org. That's mmheadlines.org. Meanwhile, be sure to go to headlines and check out what was highlighted this week. For instance, there was a closer look at team members who have made quality improvements during the pandemic. There was a breakdown of the effectiveness of self-breast exams in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And faculty and staff learned all they need to know about voting in the upcoming elections. Find all that and much more at mmheadlines.org. All right, it's time for the weekly trivia contest. Last week, we asked listeners, how many meals per day does patient food and nutrition services serve to patients and family members at Michigan Medicine? The answer is more than 2,000. Congratulations to Sandra Kotsis, who sent in the correct answer. Sandra, a member of the Department of Communication, will be in touch shortly to help you claim your prize. Now for this week's question. The Kellogg Eye Center recently created a drive through clinic to meet with patients dealing with which health condition? Once again, the Kellogg Eye Center recently created a drive through clinic to meet with patients dealing with which health condition? You can find the answer as part of this week's story on Quality Month. Once you know it, send it to headlines at med.umich.edu for the chance to win a prize. That's all the time we have for this week. Just a quick note, the wrap will take a break next week before returning at the end of October. Julie and Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you to all of our listeners and viewers for everything you do for patients, families, and each other. We'll see you next time.